Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Boston, Massachusetts today with my good friend Kaylee Roberge of BeyondYourHammock.com. Kaylee moved to Boston from Georgia and has fully embraced the New England lifestyle. In this episode, Kaylee and I talk about walking the Freedom Trail, where to find the best lobster rolls, and eating pizza at Regina's in the North End. You'll hear these three fun stories, plus a bunch more in this interview. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Boston. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Kaylee, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Today, we're going to be talking about Boston. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. There's so much to do there. The history is incredible. Obviously, Boston is also known for you know, Sam Adams, and they have great beers. So I'm excited to hear everything you have to share about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm excited to share with people because I, I think we are known for some of the, like the Sam Adams and um, obviously our excellent sports teams or not so excellent, depending on what kind <laughs> of fan you are. You know, I know there's a, a lot of people who don't feel so, so passionately about um, New England sports teams. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. And there's also things that I feel like people don't know about Boston that are really fun, like really craft cocktail places that you can go, really cool distilleries. I'm just talking about alcohol now because that's where we started. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I'm cool with alcohol. (laughs) So before we get into all that, for people who maybe haven't been to Boston or don't know how to get there and everything, so obviously there's Boston Logan Airport, which is pretty close to the city, right? It is. I think it's about two miles from you know the center of downtown. So it's super close. A lot of places in the city, you can see the planes coming in and out. So it's really accessible. Okay. So when they're flying in, they get to the airport. How do they get to from the airport to the city? Is there public transportation? Do they rent a car? What's the best way? There are a couple of ways that are pretty easy. There are a number of different buses. You'll see big blue buses. Um, you'll see a silver bus, and it's called the Silver Line. Those will take you either to T-Stops, which is our subway uh, in the city, or they'll take you directly to one of the downtown neighborhoods like Back Bay. Um, the big blue bus that'll take you straight to Back Bay, I think it costs something like $7, seven fifty maybe. But if you find one of the big silver buses and it says Silver Line and it's going to South Station, you can actually get on that bus for free. And then once you're at South Station, you're in the T system. So you can hop on the red line, which is one of the subway lines to get to wherever you need to go. But that's a little bit more complicated because you've just got to find the right bus. You got to make sure it's going to the right place. So the big blue bus will take you right to Back Bay. That's pretty easy. And of course, you can always grab an Uber or a Lyft, but it's just going to be a little bit pricey. It, it can easily be something like 20 even $30, depending on where you're going in the city because of all the tolls that they're going to have to pay. So I guess it makes sense like where if you're just traveling solo, maybe you just take the public transportation because it's relatively inexpensive. But if you're maybe you're traveling, like I, I travel with my kids and my wife a lot, if there's like three or four of us, then it makes sense maybe just take that Uber. It's easier and it probably going to cost about the same versus uh, one Uber versus four of us on the public transportation. 
Right, absolutely. And and the stress it's going to save you from trying to wrangle everybody onto multiple <laughs> buses or multiple trains, probably well worth it. I would say don't rent a car, though. Um, okay. If you're staying within Boston proper, especially, the rumors are true. People drive crazy around here. <laughs> very, very aggressive, which may not be so bad, you know, if you're from a place like maybe L.A., you're used to that. But the roads here are so confusing. They're really small. They're very tight and windy. Um, you don't get a lot of notice when you're on the highway of like, oh, that was your exit that just blew by because the sign was literally right in front of the ramp you needed <laughs> to take. So I would say try not to, to rent a car if you don't have to because the parking's impossible too. Yeah, one of the things I noticed when, when I visited Boston before, it's like the parking is literally – they're almost bumper to bumper in a lot of parts of the city. And I'm like, I don't even know how you get out of the parking spot. Yeah. Sometimes it's very literally bumper to bumper because when we lived in the South end and we had street parking for our own vehicle, we would look out the window and thank goodness it was an old car. And we would see somebody just back into our bumper and back into the bumper in front of them and just to wiggle their way out. So that definitely happens a lot. So it's not something you want to take back to the rental car company with your dings and scratches all over this car. <laughs> Make sure you get the insurance or use the right credit card, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so we're into the city now. Do you have any recommendations as far as where people should stay? I think Beacon Hill would be a really great neighborhood to check out. It's near the State House. It's very much, when you picture Boston, like very the most Instagrammable parts of Boston, it's going to be on Beacon Hill. Um, it's a really charming little neighborhood. It's quiet, but it, you're smack in the middle of everything too. Back Bay would be another great neighborhood to look at. So would the South End, um, even Charlestown, which is just a little bit outside of downtown. You have to cross a bridge to get over, but it's technically still a neighborhood in Boston. That might give you a little bit of a better deal if you can find a place to stay in Charlestown. I will say the hotel rates in Boston, they're some of the highest in the country. So definitely check out Airbnbs as options. And the farther out that you go from the city center, the less expensive it's going to be. Okay. So what I would do to kind of guide your looking is if you find a place, check, a, check Google Maps and see how close it is to a T-stop because that'll make it a lot easier to just jump on the train and you can go Anyway, it's a, it's a great public transportation system in terms of you can really get anywhere you want to go. Is it super fast or super re reliable? Not always. But if you're visiting, I think that's a, a good way to go. Stay close to a T-stop if you start getting farther out into some of the surrounding neighborhoods that are away from the center of the city. That's a great suggestion. I mean, as a dad with a family, I'm the one that normally drives all the time. So anytime we can not drive, it makes it easier for me anyways. Yeah, definitely. So when when, uh, when somebody gets onto the T line, uh, is there like a multi day pass available, something like that? So that way, you know, you're not always like dropping coins into the meter every time you want a pass to be able to ride on the subway. Yeah, you can really easily buy a pass. They have just the one day. They've got the multi day. You can actually at some of the stops there are what are called Charlie card stores. So a Charlie card is like what you would have if you lived here, but you can buy one and they're reloadable. And it'll also help you get a little bit of a cheaper fare on the train. So those are in places like Downtown Crossing, I know, has one, which is a major stop. Most of the big area, uh, Park Street is another. The big stops in the middle of the city will have those Charlie Card stores. Okay. Um, I would say if you're using the T and you're going back and forth, for example, the Green Line, the farther out you go, there are not always places to buy a ticket and put money on the card. So you want to make sure that you have enough on there uh, when you're in the city and if you're going in and out so you don't get stuck. 
Although the the tea drivers are usually really, really nice, very accommodating. If, if you are way out and you don't have your ticket and they know there's no place to buy it, they'll usually let you hop on the train without paying the fare. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So now I've been to Boston a bunch of times, so I know some of the cool touristy things to do, like the, the Freedom Trail and Fenuel Hall and things like that. What are some of your recommendations? I definitely say do the Freedom Trail. I know it's kind of it's going to show up on any touristy list, but if you walk it from beginning to end, you're going to see the most beautiful parts of the city. If it's a nice day, I mean, you can't really beat that activity. You're going to go through all the different neighborhoods and see a lot of different stuff. And of course, the history that's there to me is is really really cool um, to see these historic buildings and graveyards and burial sites. The USS Constitution is also on the Freedom Trail, which is uh, America's ship of state, which I didn't even know we had one until um, I moved over to that area. That's <laughs> in the, the Navy Yard, which is where I live now. But yeah, there's there's a lot of cool things to see. So don't shy away from doing the Freedom Trail. If you're like me, I know when I go to new places, I look at like, all right, what to do in, in this city? And if something shows up too much, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do that because it's too popular. But the Freedom Trail is definitely uh, worth doing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, one of the things when I first came to Boston that really just kind of amazed me because, you know, you, you read everything about the Revolutionary War. And when you get to, like, say, Bunker Hill, for example, it literally is just a small little hill. <laughs> you know, they're not much bigger than a speed bump. But it's just amazing where you know they had these battles like fighting over this this little small piece of land. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about how much history there is in terms of how long ago that happened and all these famous stories that come out of it. Like Paul Revere's house is on part of the Freedom Trail, the Old North Church, which is where he hung the lanterns or didn't hang the lantern, whichever one it was. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's cool to actually see the stuff that you've probably heard about since you were a kid in elementary school. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's talk about some of the the other things to do there. So there's, you know, everybody knows that the Cheers bar is there, but once you go inside the Cheers bar, it's really nothing like you see on TV. Yeah, I think that would be a touristy thing that you could yeah. skip unless you're just <laughs> super into Cheers. Then by all means, go. But otherwise, eh. yeah, you could literally just like stop by, take a picture outside, and and you're done. Yeah, stick your head in, but then you got you got the whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the the park that's right next to it. I forget the name of that park that's right there. Yeah, there's the public garden, and then there's the common. Okay, and uh, one thing that that was really interesting when we were there is the fried dough, right? That's like a thing. That... Oh yeah, the little carts of fried dough. Yes, <laughs> they're so tasty. They are good. I don't want to think about like what I'm eating necessarily, but they're really delicious. <laughs> Not nutritious, but delicious. Absolutely. So also Boston is known for like for like you said earlier, the sports teams. Fenway Park is there, the garden. I actually had a chance to go there last summer and I actually sat on the Green Monster. Oh nice. That's a great seat. That's cool. It was really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about you said there I think there's like tours you can take of uh, Fenway Park and, and stuff? Yes, they have a tour. Um, I would recommend doing that. It's really cool to see the park from all the different angles. And they're really great about telling you the history. And even if you're not a huge baseball fan, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, You get some cool views of the Boston skyline, too, when you're in there. And, of course, they take you up to the Green Monster tell you a little bit more about the famous Sitco sign that you can see. So I think that's that's absolutely worth doing. And then if you can actually go to a game, like a Red Sox game, Bruins or Celtics, I would recommend that. Uh, you can get tickets last minute on Game Time, which is an app. And, and we use this all the time because we live within walking distance of the garden. So 
if there's a Bruins game and we want to go, we'll check the app like le- very last minute, five minutes before the game starts. And a lot of the times people are just trying to unload the tickets that they couldn't sell. So the prices really start dropping, which is, is really cool. So it's a cool way to spend, you know, a, an evening while you're here. But I think the thing that I love about it is even if you're not a huge baseball or a huge hockey fan, or even if you don't love, you know, the, the Bruins or the Celtics, just the energy of being in the stadiums that these teams are playing in, because everybody here is so crazy loyal to their teams. Like, that's really cool. And being from a town that I'm originally from Atlanta, and in terms of pro sports teams, like very much a bandwagon fan kind of city. <laughs> They're much more into college football. So seeing people like who just really love those teams so much, and like being in there with the energy, it's it's a really cool and really fun experience. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's one of the things that we always try to do is we try to see games in all the different cities we visit. And I've seen about a third of all the different baseball, basketball, and football uh, and hockey teams. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, so it's a lot of fun, and it's one of those things that I always get a like a shirt or a hat or something from the local team, and we always root for the the home team. It does hurt me whenever we go to Boston because I'm a Yankees and a Dolphins fan. Oh no, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it does hurt me to root for for Boston when I'm there. But it's fun to like root with like the person sitting right next to you and like the agony of defeat and like the thrill of, of of a victory. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the, I'm a big hockey fan, so I, I really like the Bruins. And I, I'm pretty sure that they have sold out every Bruins games for something like 20 years. So you're not going to go and have the night be dead. Like everybody's high energy. It's it's a ton of fun. That's really cool. One of the things I, I think that's uh, also really cool about Boston is the different neighborhoods. North End is, is really cool. It's known for Italian food, correct? Yeah, it is. And it's it's the North End. I know a lot of people call it Little Italy, but I don't know anybody here who calls it Little Italy. So I suggest not doing that <laughs> while you're here. It's the North End. The North End. Nice. Uh, one of my favorite pizza places is a Regina Pizza that's right there in the North End. Oh, yeah. And yep. uh, every time I go to Boston, I always make sure to, to make a little detour to hop in there. And you have to go like when it's not busy times because you could be sitting outside in line. And sometimes if it's raining or anything like that, you're going to get soaked while you're waiting. Yeah, they. I feel like they almost always have a line too. And it's not that big inside, but the pizza is is wonderful, and like the just like the the people inside are also pretty fun. Yeah, it's a good place. So, what are some of the other suggestions you have as far as uh, some good places to eat or some things to do while, while we're in Boston? Uh, well, if you're starting in the North End, I would check out Neptune Oyster. It is a seafood restaurant, not Italian, but best lobster roll in the city. They're usually huge. They're massive, and they're they're really, really good. Um, although at that place, it's tiny inside. They don't take reservations. So the strategy for that is to go – if you can go at an off time, that helps. I think they open at like 11. But even if you go right at 11, there's probably going to be a line of people waiting to get in. But the cool thing is they'll they'll take your name, they'll take your phone number, and they'll text you and your table's ready. So you can go and wander around the neighborhood or you can go down the street to Crudo and get a drink. Parla is another little bar around the corner on a side street that um, really good craft cocktails. And it's a good place to wait for your, your table to be ready at Neptune. Galleria Umberto is another good place in the North End. It is a a little, mostly pizza place. It has like Sicilian style pizza. And they're only open like 11 to 2 or when they run out of food. So it's like, it's a tiny little window, but the food is good and it's super cheap. Nice, nice. And then one of the places that people always talk about going for dessert is 
Mike's Pastries, but I think there's another one that's maybe a little bit better that doesn't have the, the same type of lines, right? Yes, I think. Well, part of the reason it's better is because it doesn't have the line. But, <laughs> um, so Mike's is really famous for cannolis. There's another little bakery around the corner. It's the next street over. It's called Bova's and it's open 24-7 and usually doesn't have too bad of a line. If it does, it moves. Like you're, you're in and out within five minutes. But they have a ton of different stuff. They have the cannolis, which are great, but they have all kinds of treats and desserts. They even have like meatball sandwiches and all sorts of stuff in there. And it's it's a family-owned business. They've had it for, I think, three or four generations now. It's been around wow. forever. So that's a really cool spot. If you see the line at Mike's, just go around the corner to Bova's and, and they'll take care of you. That sounds really cool. So what are some of your other suggestions? Let's see. My favorite restaurants right now are uh, Salty Girl in Back Bay. That's another seafood place. They have some really unique things like lobster and waffles, um, which just sounds a little weird, but it's it's pretty good. So it's, it's fun. They have really unique dishes. I also love a set of restaurants that's owned by the same chef, but it's a little bit different concept. Buttermilk and Bourbon, which is in Back Bay and Citrus and Salt, which is kind of on the, the line between Back Bay and the South End. Both those places are, are really fantastic. If you're over near Fenway, Island Creek Oyster Bar is excellent. So is Eastern Standard. That's really good. Let's see. There's a little place, actually, there's a little set of places over in the South End. It's a place called Ink Block. And it's a bunch of apartment buildings and a Whole Foods, but they also have really good restaurants that are starting to pop up there. It's kind of a, a newer development. So there's all these new high-rise condos. So they have, let's see, Lion's Tail is over there, Shore Lee, which is a tiki bar, Bar Mazana, which is really, really good. And then if you're not in Boston, if you're staying just over the river in Cambridge, Lone Star Taco Bar is a great place. Coochie Coochie is a good place, funny name, but good food. I'm not as familiar with Cambridge, actually, so I might be, I might draw a blank on, other than Lone Star, oh, Naco Taco. Obviously, I have a thing for tacos. (laughs) That's another good spot. Nice. Well, what about breakfast? Uh, A lot of the places we talk about are are desserts and and like lunch or dinner. What What about breakfast? There are not actually a lot of breakfast places in Boston. And we, my husband and I talk about this because we would love to go out for breakfast more, but there's just not a ton of, of places. When we can go, going to Wheelhouse is really good. That's in the financial district. They're only open Monday through Friday, though, um, but they have some delicious breakfast sandwiches. And it's kind of like a grab-and-go place. And most of the places that are serving breakfast in Boston are like that, where you're not really going to go and sit down unless maybe it's the restaurant and the hotel you're staying at. Okay. Tradesman is actually a good little coffee spot, which is in a Hilton hotel uh, in the financial district. It's pretty good. It's a little pricey, though. A lot pricey, actually, for, for what it is. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the only real uh, breakfast place is like Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, although if you want donuts, I would say go to Cane's. Cane's Donuts is, is really good. There is a spot in the North End. It's called the North Street Grill. And they do breakfast and brunch. And it's an actual sit-down restaurant. And, and that's a good spot. Right on. That sounds really good. So before we get going, I think one of the things that if people are kind of still unsure of where to go without with, around Boston is uh, looking around, there's like a double-decker bus tours or like a duck boat tour, right? That way people can see like a lot of the city without really knowing exactly where they want to go. 
Yeah, I, I haven't done these myself, but I actually, it's on my list to do a duck boat tour with our nieces um, this summer. Um, they look like a lot of fun, and it is. It's a cool way to just get to cruise around the city without having to worry about where you're going. They have the bus driver and then the tour guide who's going to tell you about all the things that you're seeing. And I think it would help if you took one of those, you would see really how small Boston is. And I think it gives you a good lay of the land. So you might feel a little bit more confident about wandering around on your own after that. They go all over. There are different stops as well. So you can, it's one of those hop on, hop off tours. Um, the double decker buses are anyway. I think the, the duck boat tour, you get on and you stay on. <laughs> but that's a cool one because it's like an amphibious vehicle. So it drives around Boston, but then it also goes in the Charles River and takes a lap around there, which is, is pretty neat. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. One of the things that I remembered uh, during our last trip to Boston was we went to a place called the Green Dragon Tavern, and they told us that the, the kind of the story of that of that place is that that's where they actually planned the Boston Tea Party. I have heard that that story. I've not been to that place, but yeah, there's that, and there's Bell in Hand, which is I think the oldest pub in America. So they're definitely really cool, like historical little places that you can pop into with stories like that. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, you're sitting there, obviously you're enjoying your food or your drinks and everything, but it's the fact that like, wow, people from a couple hundred years ago were sitting here and it's just that history that really can't get like, you know, coming from LA where I used to live, we don't really have history like that, especially important history where we're planning the, you know, the revolution and everything. I think that's just such a cool thing with being in Boston. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of my favorite things, just walking around and seeing, I, I think being one of the older cities older, bigger cities in the U.S., like the architecture here is really cool. And and just strolling around, like the South End is a great neighborhood. It's, I think, the biggest collection of Victorian era housing in the U.S. It's some weird fact like that, but there's these brownstone buildings and they're beautiful and it's really great to walk around. If it's a nice day, you can grab a coffee and just take a long walk. That's a really nice way to, I, I that's how I like spending my time when it's nice out. Yeah, that sounds a lot, a lot of fun. So with that, uh, what we'll do is we'll get into the final countdown. So Kaylee, if somebody only had time for one meal in Boston, where should they go and what should they eat? I would say Neptune because it's the best lobster roll. When you think Boston, you probably think lobster. So I think that's an on-theme answer, <laughs> on-brand. <laughs> now, you've been in Boston for a few years now. What's one of your most memorable stories of being there? I think the most memorable is the time a couple years ago we went out for my birthday it was actually to a place in charlestown it's a kind of a moroccan restaurant up top it's called tangerino and down below they have like a a hookah lounge so we ate dinner and then we went down to the little bar lounge area just to check it out and we were led kind of into the back it was a quiet night there weren't a lot of people there but we were led into this back room and there was only two other people in there and i I did a double take because one of them was Shaq, like Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, what? So I, but I was too I was too scared to go and say anything because I didn't want to <laughs> sound like an idiot or anything. So I just was like, is that Shaq? But then we were trying to talk ourselves out of it. Like, that can't be Shaq. That can't really be Shaq. And then he stood up. We're like, that's absolutely Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many dudes that are that big. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of the, the best places for happy hour? Where's the happiest happy hour in Boston? Unfortunately, happy hour is illegal in Massachusetts, so it's a very sad hour. <laughs> it's not happy at all. So right now, yeah, happy hours are illegal. Oh, no. Well, I know. <laughs> based on that, I think my happiest happy hour was uh, when I went on the, the, the Sam Adams Brewery tour. And oh, there you go. At the end of the tour, 
You know, you're supposed to get like one or two glasses, but they actually just had pictures and pictures of all their beer, which was really cool. My wife and I, we, t- we took advantage of, of a lot of that. What I like is that uh, I'm not sure if you're really into beer or not, but I think they call it the Brick Red. It's only available in Boston. Yeah, I'm not a huge beer drinker, but I know they on- they have the like exclusive Boston-only type things, and I like it when places do that. It's cool. Yeah. There's a couple of um, distilleries. Like I said, Grand Ten is a really cool one, and Bully Boy Distillers. They have a couple of things like that where it's just very Boston-focused. Like They have a, a Medford rum. I think that's Grand Ten, which is a Medford's a town in greater Boston. But it's cool when, when companies do things like that, and they're proud of where they're from. Absolutely. So uh, one thing I always do whenever I travel is, is get uh, some local pepperoni pizza. So what's the best place for pizza in town? Well, we talked about Regina's, but I think my favorite pizza is a place called Brewer's Fork, uh, which is just in outside the Navy Yard in Charlestown. Um, we go there like every Friday. It's our Friday night spot. Really great pizza. Very extensive beer list as well. Oh, that's good. It's hard for me to have pizza without beer, so uh, that's good they got uh, they got so many beers there. <laughs> okay, so uh, I know you travel quite a bit as well, like I do. What's one of your best travel tips? I think it'd be a toss-up between only traveling with a backpack, which I know is not always possible, especially if you have small children or you're traveling with your family. But that's always what I try to do is to pack everything that I need. I use packing cubes. I get creative about shoes I'm wearing or not wearing. I try to put everything in a backpack so that way it can just slide under the seat on the plane and I can just grab it and go. It's a lot less stressful when you travel all the time and I just I don't want to deal with luggage or anything like that. But knowing that that's not always a viable option for everybody, I think my second best travel tip would be to find local bloggers or Instagrammers before you go to a location and kind of check out their most recent content because a lot of the times they'll be talking about places that they've been or you know new places that just opened that you might not find on a TripAdvisor type site or a, a bigger website but they'll kind of have like the inside scoop on you know this is a cool place to go or this is a really trendy spot. So I, I would definitely do a little bit of research that way, like look for bloggers, look for people on Instagram and, and kind of see where they're hanging out. Absolutely. I, yeah, it's a big thing you know, just using those hashtags for like, say, Boston or whatever city you're going to and just kind of go down that rabbit hole and see what people have. Yeah, absolutely. So Kaylee, I really appreciate you coming onto the show and, and sharing everything about Boston. I had some really great tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, how people can reach you? And if they want to contact you, uh, what's the best way on social media to reach you? Sure. So I am the chief operations officer of a financial planning firm here in Boston called Beyond Your Hammock. Um, so that would be one good way to get in touch with me is to go to beyondyourhammock.com. We also have a podcast. It's called Beyond Finances. You can find that on the website or if you search you know, your favorite podcast app for Beyond Finances, we should pop up. And then on social media, you can find me at Kaylee Roberge on Twitter and Instagram. And again, if you type in that name, I'll probably pop up because it's a little unique <laughs> if you want to like connect <laughs> on LinkedIn or anything like that. At Kaylee Robert on, on Twitter and Instagram is where I hang out most. Awesome. Well, again, we really appreciate you being on the show. We're going to have links to everything we talked about in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, awesome. Big thanks to Callie for coming onto the show and sharing your tips for Boston. Show us some love by following her on Twitter at Kaylee Roberge and her company at Beyond Your Hammock. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Boston. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Boston. 
We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to speak with my new friend Rosalind Colgan, the author of 100 Things to Do in Pittsburgh Before You Die. Rosalind and I talk about the renaissance of this Rust Belt city, where Mr. Rogers lived in Pittsburgh, and riding the city's famous inclines. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our coming destinations.